Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about what kind of wisdom we have and what kind of wisdom we need. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less, each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we are talking about what we know from James, that there are different kinds of wisdom. One kind comes from above and one does not. Yet James wrote in his third chapter, verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. You know, Christians, we have a clear choice here. We want heavenly wisdom, wisdom from above, not this demonic wisdom. That's pretty obvious. But how do we really know what kind of wisdom we're truly relying on? You know, we often pray to God for wisdom uh, and for understanding. We say we want the wisdom that comes from above, but then we never listen for it. We don't open up this book and search for it. You know, this Sunday I'm preaching about Ishmael, the first son of Abraham, and it's such an interesting thing that happened. God told Abraham that he was going to give him a promise, a promise so trustworthy it was going to be called a covenant. And the co- this promise, this covenant said that despite Abraham and Sarah's trouble conceiving a child, their offspring would be as numerous as the stars. And that was godly wisdom. And Genesis 15, 6 says that Abraham believed this promise and it was credited to him as righteousness by God. But then after receiving this knowledge from God, this godly uh, wisdom, Abraham and Sarah decided to add a dash of their own wisdom in. Sarah said to Abraham, the Lord has restrained me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain a child by her. You know, notice what's happened here. God gave this couple wisdom. He essentially said he was going to take care of their problems conceiving. But Sarah said, I can handle this. She took matters into her own hands and said, Abraham, go and marry my servant Hagar too. That's how I, emphasis on I there, not we, you're not through God. Sarah was saying, I will have a child that way. And because Sarah relied on her own earthly wisdom instead of just trusting uh, the wisdom from above, notice what happened in Genesis 16:4. It tells us, so Abraham went into Hagar and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. Then Sarai said to Abram, my wrong be upon you. I gave my maid into your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, I became despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between you and me. So Abram said to Sarai, indeed, your maid is in your hand. Do to her as you please. And when Sarai dealt harshly with her, she fled from her presence. Do you see that? When Sarah relied on earthly wisdom, 
She got the exact results that James predicted. James said that the wisdom that is earthly, that's sensual, that's demonic, results in envy and self-seeking. And unlike heavenly wisdom, earthly wisdom is not peaceable or gentle or willing to yield or full of mercy and good fruits or impartial or without hypocrisy. And Sarah checks off just about every one of those boxes. She is envious of Hagar after she conceived. She is uh, self-seeking. She's trying to get rid of Hagar. She's not peaceable or gentle or merciful or impartial to Hagar. She's unwilling to yield to God or anyone else. And she is full of hypocrisy. She told Abraham flat out to go marry her servant. And when he did, she punished Hagar and drove her off. And the list of questions that God asks Job in Job 38, he tells us that he is the one who puts wisdom in our inward parts. And that makes sense in the context here of James 3, because James says, if you want to see if someone is truly wise, he says, look to see if they're acting godly. You know, the wisdom that God provides makes us meek. It's pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and without hypocrisy. In other words, we can tell the kind of wisdom we have by how we act. You know, wisdom that comes from above makes us act godly. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. You know, what is going on inside of us is always going to show itself on the outside eventually. And if we are relying on earthly wisdom, eventually cracks will begin to show in the facade of even the most religious people, outwardly religious people. If they're relying on themselves instead of God, that will show. Godly wisdom produces godliness and demonic wisdom produces evil. When we see those things taking over our lives, James says that is how we can know that we're leaning on the wrong kind of wisdom. Yeah, the output of our lives reveals our process. Our actions show if we trust God more than ourselves. But it doesn't seem to me that James wrote this section just to give us a litmus test on who is wise or not. He is telling us this, I think, so we can learn to become wise over time. He asks at the beginning, who is wise and understanding among you? In other words, if you think you're wise, listen up. This is what it means to be truly wise. And if you don't have this, then something needs to change. And then it's interesting to see uh, the attributes that James gives to godly wisdom. First, it's pure, then peaceable, gentle, and so on. And that doesn't line up with what the world considers wisdom. The world thinks it's wise to look out for yourself first, to do everything you can to beat the guy next to you and make yourself happy. And so we can understand when a man named Jesus came along claiming to be a king, but he was washing people's feet and he was eating with prostitutes uh, and most of all, he allowed himself to be ridiculed and beaten and eventually nailed to a cross. We can understand why the world's wisdom would reject him. You know, Paul puts it this way to the Corinthians, for the message of the cross 
is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God, it pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign and Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified to the Jews, a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Wisdom from above, the kind of wisdom that calls us to purity and love and mercy and gentleness and honesty, the kind of wisdom that Christ displayed perfectly won't make sense to a world full of people who are relying on a wisdom based on selfishness. The two form diametrically opposed worldviews. Sarah saw that when she tried to mix God's plan with her own. And and the results were exactly as James Ward's. Our own wisdom is nothing compared to the wisdom from heaven. The foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. And when we try to get by, On our own wisdom, Paul said to the Corinthians, we'll perish. You know, to the world, Christ isn't wise. He's foolish. He preaches selflessness and purity and mercy, and the world can't understand why. The cross, most of all, is foolishness to those who are perishing. But when we lean on the wisdom from above, to us who are being saved, the cross is the power of God. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and studying God's Word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in His Word, and I'm so glad that you did that with us today. If you think that it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, whether that's Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.